1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
0: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Ryan Abraham joins us. He's been a part of uh, our show many times, back even when the UCLA and USC story popped back in the summer of 2022 and everything since then. joins us now with USC going into Boulder to play Colorado and unbeaten with defending Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams. Ryan, thanks. It's been great. It's been a while. We hate that it's been that long, but thank you for your time. Is USC, have they shown they're better than they were at this time last year?
2: You know, it's an interesting question. I really do think they are. I mean, offensively, and just this past weekend, they struggled. I think they did the same thing last year when they took a trip to Corvallis. Against Oregon State, then sort of got things right. Really, the biggest issue was on the defensive side, especially later in the season. They've added a lot of great players there, uh, but yeah, I don't think they played that well against Arizona State. Um, but I feel like overall, this is a better team than what we saw last year. But I would say their schedule is tougher than what they were finishing with last year too. So uh, we'll see if they if they've added enough talent to be to, to overcome the uh, the the tougher schedule because the Pac twelve looks really stacked right now, and they got some. Extremely tough games coming up from from teams that have just been looking really good up, out there on Saturday.
0: What do you think you haven't seen yet that would make you definitively think that they're better, especially on defense?
2: Yeah, the, I mean, we, we didn't see as many missed tackles that we saw later in the season, and they've just been extremely poor, especially last year, at stopping explosive plays, and I feel like they've done better at generating stops, more three and outs, you know, getting opponents off the field, but When they don't, they just seem to give up this big play. A couple tackles get broken in the secondary, and they go for for touchdowns. And we saw Cam Scadaboo for Arizona State just really kind of go through them, catching the ball, running the ball, even throwing the ball. Uh, And they just allowed some really big plays there. So I feel like when they play some better offenses, like we've seen with Oregon, we've seen with Washington, you got to still be able to generate some stops. And the end of last year when they were playing Utah or or Tulsa, or even UCLA, um, it was just tough to get stops at the end of the game. Opposing offenses were just able to kind of get what they want. So I, I want to see them play some better offenses and kind of get the same number of stops. You're going to give up points to college football in 2023, but getting some of the stops that they weren't getting last year, if they can do that, then I would think they're definitely better than they were last year.
1: Ryan, has there been any, anything noticeably different about Caleb Williams' game? It was already pretty top-notch as the reigning Heisman winner to begin with, but anything notable just from what he worked on during the offseason that uh, you've seen early on here? Or is it just picking up you know, business where it left off last season?
2: Yeah, it's tough. You know, you would say he had sort of an average game in Tempe against Arizona State, but he threw for three touchdowns <laughs> and ran for two more. You know, he's like five touchdown day, you're like, eh, it wasn't his best. Which um, is kind of funny when you think about it. This was the first time he played the whole game. Uh, he only played one half against Stanford. But I feel like it's it's him, it's the offense, it's kind of the uh, the continuity. Uh, they just looked a little bit out of sync. Once the play got going, he can make his magic. You know, He can go back there and if uh, the pocket breaks down, he can run away, find somebody downfield. I think that's still there look a little out of sync sort of getting everything in and getting the right play called and all that. But I think they, they struggled with that a little bit on the road uh, last year as well. But it seems pretty much, you know, business as usual. I think he's, you know, certainly working on some things and sometimes it seems like they're trying to do something just because that's what the gameplay going in. Like they were really effective running the football with Marshawn Boyd against uh, Arizona State, and they, you know, and a lot of fans wanted to see them run the ball more. He's averaging 11 yards a carry. And they seem to be working on other things in the passing game. So I think it's still kind of a work in progress, but he seems about the same where he was. And, you know, the, the standards are higher, obviously, because you're the reigning Heisman, Heisman Trophy winner.
0: It did seem to me that he was running for his life. Not a lot, but it did. he made one, like, Heisman moment-type scramble when he did, like, a 360 or pirouette. It was pretty impressive. But is he getting enough protection?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, too. I think they have three transfer starters starting on the offensive line, but it's a veteran crew. Uh, you know, there have been some issues with uh, the, you know, the center exchange of Justin Dita, who's a six-year guy, has moved over to center, came in as a center, but played mostly guard. And I think some of the offensive line continuity that you either have new players there or players playing uh, in new positions. So it's really a different offensive line than what he had last year, even though he's got a couple of the players that were around last year as well. So I think that's, that's another thing I think you want to look for, you know, look for going forward. But he's sort of uh, he's kind of be the eraser back there. Even if there's some issues on the line, he seems to be able to kind of fix those. But you'd like to see you know better protection. Uh, they did run block really well. Like they were opening up big holes. But sometimes people are just teeing off on Caleb, and they got to do do a better job of just you know giving him a little bit more time so he doesn't have to run for his life and make his magic happen like he usually does.
0: Do you expect USC to have to? Maybe, I don't copy the game plan because they're different, but attack Colorado the same way Oregon did by running it kind of right at them, maybe a little bit more than they would normally?
2: I mean, yeah, I feel like, I mean, at scouts football, especially in the Pac 12, we just see different stuff from week to week. That was a super motivated Oregon team, and they were going to just come out and creek them and do whatever they could. I mean, they were going, you know, fake punts on their own side of the field, with, you know, in the early in the ball game. Um, I feel like that was like a personal thing for, for Land Danning there. so Or Dan landing sorry. Um, then we, you know, for USC I think going in, they're going to run the, I, I think they heard the sort of fan reaction to not running the football enough, so I feel like that's going to be part of the game plan, but they love to get everything going through Caleb, and, and you know, usually the game's getting started by him. Maybe it's a short pass, it looks like a run. He kind of gets the ball in his hand, and he sort of gets things going, and then one T's rolling, they kind of get the run game involved. So I don't think they're going to change that up uh, too much, but uh, I think you're going to get a motivated Colorado team that just, you know, they know they got their butts kicked up in Eugene, and I think USC is kind of motivated too because they had their kind of stinker game in Tempe last weekend. So I feel like this is good. You're going to see, we see this a lot in the Pac-12. A go, team goes down one week and then they come back the other. These are two teams that should be on the up going in this week, and we'll see which kind of responds better. and and plays a better game than what we saw from the effort last week.
1: Man, their upcoming schedule, Ryan, you guys are going to be covering a lot of big games coming up. I mean, starting with with this weekend, but these next like six weeks, uh, outside of, I guess, you know, Arizona and Cal, all of them – top 10-ish type teams at the moment, but but this one with Colorado, obviously they fell out of the rankings, but they still got that buzz. You've seen the TV ratings. What kind of a buzz is there for the Colorado game this year as opposed to, you know, all the other previous matchups? Is it pretty significantly different uh, as far as just the, the people interested in this uh, particular contest?
2: Yeah, it's significantly different, and it's funny because, I mean, last year, the 111 team for Colorado was one of the worst I've ever seen. They were just terrible, and... You know, going into this, Colorado was going to be part of this early stretch that probably didn't matter that much until they get to the, the you know, the meatier part of the schedule. But all of a sudden, you know, they're marketing this game on, you know, it's big new kickoff and all that. Uh, this is, it's changed the game to the point where some people were saying the Arizona State game was a look-ahead game because they were looking forward to Colorado. So I just don't even think is that good of, you know, I think they're way better than they were last year. But, you know, we saw, I think there was a little bit of exposure coming from, from Eugene and I think USC will handle business there, but I think there's a lot of focus on that to have a blowout game uh, at, at Oregon, you know, get the same kind of TV rating that Ohio state and uh, Notre Dame got is pretty crazy. So the hype is there. And I think there's from the players, there's a lot of focus uh, on this game too. So it's, it's definitely different than the ho home sort of Colorado game uh, really since they've joined the, the conference, they haven't been able to beat USC they won the South division once, but USC beat them that year. So it's uh, this is probably the most, you know, kind of circled Colorado game. I think that I've ever covered from between USC and Colorado.
0: How weird will it be to be covering a game at nine o'clock in the morning your time? Yeah,
2: that's, It's going to be a little weird, <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess we're going to be in the mountain. I'll be flying to Boulder. So uh, it'll be the mountain time, but just. It's funny, USC played the super late game on Saturday nights. It's almost like a short week if you're playing uh, Saturday morning there. But, yeah, like just the hype around it. I'm curious to see if the hype sort of dies off a little bit just because, you know, that that blowout uh, against Oregon. Man, the, the Colorado fan base, you know, they just showed up and drove. They're extremely excited. I think it's going to be another really tough road environment. Yeah, it's 9 in the morning, but still, I think it's going to be a really tough one. So, it'll It'll be interesting for sure to see what happens in this game.
0: Could this game end up, unlike Oregon was a blowout, and who knows if one team, if USC was to get a couple of stops early, but could this be like 60 to 40?
2: If, if USC gives up 40, it's going to be a real problem. I think, um, <laughs> it's yeah, like I Shador Sanders is great, but there's just so many negative plays to be had, and that is something that the USC defense has been able to do. I mean, Oregon sacked them seven times last week. USC got eight sacks, you know, previous. And I I just feel like he's going to be running for his life quite a bit. I think there's going to be some big plays to be had. They're going to – but to be – I don't think they're going to be able to sustain drives on this USC defense. They'll score. And I think they'll – some of them might be these, you know, huge chunk plays. And it's going to, you know, upset the USC fan base even more That's really upset with the defense right now. But I can't see them – or Colorado scoring that much. I mean, if they do, I mean, hats off. I mean, Travis Hunter back – I just feel like the, the line play is not good. They're not as deep there. It's going to be a little tougher, and USC can rush, rush the passer. So I think there's going to be probably too many sacks involved for 40 points. But, you know, who knows? It's going to football, I could happen.
0: Was last week's uh, drama about a reporter, was that in any way at all a distraction or just a blip on the radar?
2: That's a good question, too. I feel like, I mean, USC didn't look all that uh, – prepared I guess you could say I mean there was a bye week and uh, I think whenever you see coaches and I you know I think like Riley's done an amazing job obviously like that he's done just you couldn't ask for him to do much more but every once in a while something happens and it can be a distraction for a team and uh, I don't know if this was something I don't think the players really cared about it but you know for a coach to kind of put any sort of attention to something which it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me um, I mean, you don't want that taking away from any kind of game plan sort of stuff. And when you come out and, you know, don't really look that well-prepared that, you know, maybe it was somewhat a little bit of distraction. I mean, I'm happy that they kind of whatever fixed it. And then, you know, the reporter was, I saw, you know, I was sitting like two seats away from him in the press box, uh, you know, at, at Arizona state, but I don't think it was too big of a deal, but I mean, it was, something you probably don't need going into the, you know, your second
0: conference game. Ryan, thank you. It's great to talk to you again. USC in their final year in the Pac-12. They play in Boulder. Early game, as Paul mentioned. and uh, It should be electric. It will be electric. It's just a matter of who has enough firepower as far as this Colorado. Can they protect Shador and what they need him to have time to be able to throw the ball?
1: Yeah, USC's got firepower. Colorado does too, but uh, I think USC's more well-rounded at this point and uh, you know, that program being more in the spotlight has changed up the schedule because if it wasn't for this, if this was the same old Colorado, we'd be talking about how they hadn't played anybody and they wouldn't have played anybody until like October, basically. But, I mean, now you inject this game and it suddenly means something. Now, it didn't mean as much as it could have because Colorado lost, but, you know, they'll play Arizona next week and all due respect to our future Big 12 edition in Arizona, they're not very good. Uh, but then after that, Um, You know, this game will feel like a big game because of the atmosphere, but then mid-October, they got Notre Dame on the road, they come back, they play Utah at home, and then they go to Cal, which is whatever, and then they go uh, go back home and play Washington, so three of the four weeks. Um, after these next couple of games will be against what is right now the number 11, number 10 and number 7 teams in the country in a one month span so that's going to be a lot of fun and then Oregon after that so it's uh and it's then like, UCLA i mean so that that whole like second half of the season is right now four top 10 teams in Eugene in uh, Salt Lake, or in Eugene and in uh, South Bend so, man, they're going to be tested when all is said and done, well, that's for sure. I don't know how much of one there will be this weekend. It'll be a scene for sure. But the, the best part of USC's schedule is definitely upcoming. It's,
0: it's like a blender. Just throw a bunch of vegetables in there or whatever you're going to make with a milkshake. It just It's going to be a blender, and those rankings are going to come and go, and they're going to go up and down. And then you add Washington State into the mix as far as the rest of the conference, what they do. Oregon State, of course, is not done.